and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hello and welcome back to the Creative Soul Podcast. This week's guest is my friend Megan Bowen. Megan is a dancer, performer, entrepreneur. Uh, She is someone who has inspired me on Instagram for not only what she was able to create throughout the pandemic, an entire thriving business, teaching dance cardio classes and choreography classes from home, but also the way that she just innovates and strongly pursues what she's passionate about. So she is not only a dancer, she is a performer, creator, and entrepreneur living in New York City. And alongside with her professional performing career, she founded Dance From Home LLC, an online company that helps Broadway lovers reconnect with the joy of live performance through musical theater-themed fitness, dance, and industry workshops. Megan believes the dance space is for every body and is excited to re-enter the industry post-pandemic. I think you'll really enjoy this episode. We get into how Megan created her business throughout the pandemic and what keeps her inspired, what keeps her motivated, and really talking about dance as a form of movement for the sake of movement without placing that pressure on yourself to lose weight or look a certain way or keep up a certain technique. And I think uh, Megan's philosophies on not only dance for everybody and um, the idea of the thriving artist rather than the starving artist is something that you'll really find valuable and inspiring. And also her incredible stories about connecting with your community and the idea that you don't need a million followers in order to start an online business or to connect with your community and really create valuable connections. And so she's someone that I really look up to and I can't wait for you to hear this conversation with Megan. So the first question I would love to ask you is what is currently fueling your creative soul? Mm, Let's see. Well, it's been very interesting over the pandemic for all of us, but I have not had the desire to be creative in the sense of working on my personal dance training or singing, taking class at like the professional level, whatever that means, is has been really difficult for me. So anything related to that, even like online acting classes or anything that just doesn't that doesn't make me happy and I I'm resisting doing that so instead of leaning into trying to like force that resistance I'm leaning into the things that are seeming easier and like that flow and right now that's dance from home and just pouring kind of all my creative energy as an artist into creating a business so that at first was hard to come to terms with like am I still an artist if I'm I'm not even switching career paths like that's not that's not what this is but it's still that like am I truly an artist if I'm still not giving everything into taking dance class and training every day but 
then I came to realize that I'm actually a better artist now because I have expanded so much as a human that that is just going to make anything that I do later better. So that's been helping fuel the creative process in, in also developing dance from home. So. Wow. Yeah. I love that. I love what you said about kind of leaning into the things that you do love to do because when resistance comes up, sometimes sure it's looking at it and like what, you know, what is present for you there, but sometimes it's like redirecting you and maybe it, it doesn't look like that straight linear path, but it's like, you're taking around, you know, a little detour, but like you said, it's expanding you fuller as an artist. And I love, I mean, you've inspired me so much throughout this pandemic because you, I feel like as soon as it happened, you just hit the ground running and now you have this full on business that's thriving and what you share on Instagram has been so inspiring. So take us back to how did you get Dance From Home started? What was the inspiration and how, how are you doing it? It's so amazing. <laughs> Yeah. So like all of us, most of us, I lost all my jobs and all my jobs were either teaching fitness, teaching dance class in the city or um, working at a school with kids. So all of that was done. I had always, I have been, have been teaching with a studio that is no longer open, but I had been teaching consistently for about three and a half years with the studio that's focus was on either adult level or like basically all levels dance. So I had already had a lot of experience in teaching that dancer, that artist and like communicating movement with them. So when this stopped, two things kind of happened. One was that a lot of fitness professionals were reacting, which was great. And they started doing a lot of free online classes and Zoom classes and Instagram lives. And I didn't feel the need to do that right away. And I was also really confused because it didn't make sense to, to like do five classes a week for free when I was unemployed. Like, yeah. you know, people that were taking my classes are wonderful people they also still have nine to fives and we're paying $35 a class a week ago. And here I am, you know, so there, I think there's like such a time and a place for giving away free content and free knowledge and free, you know, everything. But for me at the beginning of it, I just, I just didn't understand. <laughs> I like couldn't do it. And then also my studios that I were teaching, no one was transitioning online. So there was like no talks of it that everyone was like super optimistic that we were going to open up again in 30 days. And like, honestly, <laughs> I was like in March, I was like, we're done until the end of the year. Wow. And so not to say I was right, but I was <laughs> you were absolutely correct. <laughs> um, so I, I was like, normally I'm an optimist and I felt pretty pretty Debbie Downer about that being so, so like realist about what was happening. But I had a friend who was teaching virtually to students in China and they had already been shut down for three months. So to me, I was like, this, this is what is happening. So then it's, it will happen here. So anyway, it was a mix of me thinking we were doomed, <laughs> not having any income. And then my other studios not hopping online. 
And so while I was watching other fitness professionals transition online and doing the free classes, I decided, you know what, like, I wonder if my community would pay still to take a class from me online over Zoom. And uh, back when we all didn't know what Zoom was, but <laughs> figuring it out. So I did an Instagram story on it. I asked my community if they would be like interested in paying for a class. And I straight up told them it was going to be $16. And if you're interested, I had them vote on a poll, like yes or no. And later that night, I had 56 people that said yes, that they would do it. So then I was like, great. I scheduled a class. I think I had about 45 people show up to that first class. And as soon as that happened, I was like, now we're dealing with money, which means we're going to deal with the business because this is something that could happen. I was always curious as an artist. And this really started happening in January, which is crazy because now it was one of my like goals, if you will. But I always hated the idea that an artist, like a dancer, just had to be a dancer. I don't agree with that. And I always wanted to figure out some sort of different ways to have other streams of income because I think that's really important. And I was never comfortable, especially with the jobs that were happening. You can't survive off of a $250 a week non-net contract. Like that's not realistic. So I was always curious and at the beginning of the year, I was like, okay, if I'm doing like eight shows a week on Broadway, how else could I have money coming in? So with that in my brain, everything that happened, that's kind of why I also jumped on this business idea because I was like, whoa, what if this is what I've been searching for and kind of like the answer as well. So all of those things, I really believe in timing too. Timing played a huge factor in it. I jumped on it so quick. So I was able to get people to come right away. And it, now it's just been nine months of figuring it out on my own. I've never taken a business class before. I've just been watching and listening and learning and kind of figuring it out. <laughs> wow, that's so incredible. And I love what you said about timing because it's so interesting to look back at I know for myself, like looking back at the goals that I had for 2020 and in a weird way, they've actually worked out and in a totally different way than I ever expected. Like we never expected life to look like this, but I think for some people it has really been an opportunity to just like trust that things are working out how they're meant to. So this is a beautiful story that has come out of, you know, obviously a terrible pandemic. And I also love your mentality on the idea of the thriving artists, because that's something that I'm also really passionate about, about, you know, the fact that we've been fed this story over and over about the starving artists and like, oh, if you want to be an artist, that means you're going to be poor. And I'm just so against that, that languaging, that story. And it's, I love the work that you do to switch the script into the thriving artist. And so where... For, for you, where has that really come from and, and what makes you so passionate about it? I think a lot of it comes from not having money growing up. So a lot of, I think a lot of that stems from actually having a desire to have money and create some life for my future, whatever that future would be. It also 
really stems from wanting to be able to pay and like afford art because art is not cheap. And if you want to be an artist, most of the time you have to have money or come from money to be able to do that. So I think it's always come from that place of, of knowing that if I wanted to somewhat be successful or be able to like get in the room or be able to take a stupid voice lesson that like I would have to have money to do that. And if you can't, like I had to, I had to figure that out on my own. Mm. So that, that meant I had to like, I had to thrive and figure out, I couldn't accept that like poor artist mentality or else that would just be a life, a life journey of being poor. And I, I don't think, I didn't want to live that. And I don't think we have to, you know, I, 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 I think a lot of artists feel selfish about placing value on themselves and creating other things. And so I wanted to step into that, putting value on what I do and what I'm able to provide. And uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good point, especially about like artists have such a hard time about placing value on themselves because I think there's always that question of like, well, am I enough? And I think you've posted this on your Instagram stories a few times, but where you like broke down all the training that you've had and like the thousands of dollars that you've spent on training and like the years of experience and training that you've invested in yourself. So it's like that story actually really spoke to me because it's like, I mean, even with the business that I've been trying to create, it's like, there's always that like, well, what do I know? You know, like what experience have I had? And then you look back at everything that you've done and you're like, yeah, people should be paying for my services because you like, I've invested so much time. I've invested so much money. You've invested so much time, so much money into your art. And I think that is just a really important piece of like doing that work. So then you can see how much value you have. And, you know, if everyone was able to do that for themselves, then it's like, yeah, all artists would be thriving. We would all be supporting each other and wanting to pay for someone's art or someone's service because we know how much, you know, value that it really does have. So I really love that perspective and just want to honor you for sharing that and for sharing that so openly. Thank you. And I also feel like, the more you say that you're a starving artist, the more you're putting it out there and the more that you're telling other people that artists are poor and that like the more that you're feeding into that narrative. So I just like, I'm not, no, that, that doesn't, yeah. that doesn't help anyone. That doesn't do anything. You don't need to, if you say you're struggling, you're going to struggle. Totally. So, yeah. You know, yeah. the law of attraction, it's there. <laughs> it really is. And being able to, choose a new story and stick to it and like have those boundaries for yourself of like, I'm not going to accept that. That's not going to be my life path. Like just because this person is telling me that it will, or people have, you know, that's been other people's experience. It doesn't have to be mine. Mm -hmm. I'd love to get into back to dance from home and you talking about like figuring it out as you go. And I feel like you're someone who I think what it really draws me to you and your story is that, you know, you found something that worked doing these dance from home classes, but you didn't stop there. Like now it's, it's grown into starting a YouTube and starting, you know, these, like you talked about doing a membership thing. So it's like, it's really just expanded so quickly. And so will you talk a little bit more about, you know, that journey and and where that has taken you? Yeah, I, so going into it, actually when I was brainstorming ideas, in the beginning of it, I knew and I've always known that 
I've never wanted it to just be a live class platform. Mm. That's not, that's not where I have a desire for it to always be. I always wanted to create some sort of platform, which is now kind of transitioning into an on-demand platform where things could be pre-recorded and, you know, people could have a subscription to it and they get all of their awesome classes with professionals and, you know, that sort of deal. So, but you can't just like, I'm going to do an on-demand. Like you have to get, you have to go through all of the process. And, And during the process, not only was I I was creating a new dance cardio format uh, that's specific to our brand. So, I mean, there's only so many ways you can do dance cardio. There are only so many moves, right? But, but finding the way you want to communicate that to your community and especially in fitness, it's taken a while to just like get the right flow so I had, you know, you have to do all of those. I had, I knew I had to do all those I don't know, trial, if you will, classes to figure out what works, hmm. what sells, what our community wants, what they need more of in order to like build further. Hmm. So I guess the beginning of Dance From Home, I'm slowly getting to where I know I've always wanted it to be, but I had to just, I, I just had to try everything first, you know? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I, I, I love that it's like, you're figuring it out as you go, but you do that by taking action. And that's really the only way you figure out if something works or not. I love also your philosophy for as like dance for everybody. And will you talk about, because I think dance, dance is so fun. Dance gets you in your body, but but especially for someone like either you dance for fun or you're dance, you dance because maybe you're a theater artist and you're trying to be a triple threat. But will you talk about like what your philosophy is on dance and like how that relates to creativity for the every average day person who just wants to dance? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like as awesome as dancing is that there is so much shame that comes with it. Mm. Starting from like a basic class, what do you do? You stare at yourself in a mirror to get the moves right. And so I think it's, and for me, the years of staring in the mirror, the years of being told to change my body, to be a professional, all of this, it's so beautiful what we do as dancers, but that's also what turns off three quarters of the people that love to dance, you know, because I truly think at some point when we were little, when we're little, we learn movement. You learn to love movement because that's in whatever way that is for you. And so someone somewhere had to make you feel bad about it or something did for you to stop doing that. So I knew that I still wanted to create a space that was welcoming. It doesn't mean that it's going to be super easy all the time. Although long-term I would like to create classes that don't, I don't know, dance cardio classes that are low impact, you know, stuff like that, or you can do in your chair and like, you know, so there are definitely levels in which I want to expand, but I knew initially that I wanted it to be just so welcoming for people that instantly they didn't feel any pressure for even like signing up for a class, you know, 
So that's kind of where the everybody came from, just like a welcome, a welcome space if you want to try it or if you've been doing it forever, knowing that you had a space you can go to and, and give it a whirl, you know, like knowing that you don't have to nail the moves or look at yourself in the mirror. You just, you can take a minute to, to just enjoy it. And it also comes from a place of the fitness industry, right? It's still fitness. Technically it falls under a fitness business. And with fitness, I knew it'd be a tricky territory to enter because I'm curious for this business as to what it could look like just moving for movement mm. and moving because it feels good rather than moving because you you need to like work for something you know like I think there can be classes that you take that you just move because you like that and that's totally fine and that's really what I want dance from home to be that open space for everyone that just likes to move and like it doesn't have to be because you want to lose weight you know yeah that's 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 where I won't say that's where exercise comes from (laughs) but you know it doesn't need it doesn't need to be that for everyone and and if that's what you want to do and you want to change your body amazing it's probably not my class because we're not centered on that but if you just want something that feels good and is fun and maybe you're trying to recover any toxic thoughts around exercise and moving, then this is where, this is where you will love and thrive. Yeah. I love that because I think I can see how it parallels to like the creative process because I'm really passionate about like the creative process as a process and not so focused on like creating a product and like placing that pressure on yourself to write a book or, you know, you know, come up with some like great idea. And so I love the idea of movement just for the sake of movement, Mm -hmm. just as I want to encourage people to create just for the sake of creating, because it gives you that, like, again, that free space to get rid of those toxic thoughts and to really just tune back into the present moment. And I look to you as someone who's so creative and such an artist in their own right and like really claims that because again, people can have such a hard time really claiming that, you know, again, those thoughts of like, am I worthy of calling myself an artist, all that. And so will you talk about what creativity means to you and what it has given you and why do you do it and why do you love it? Mm -hmm. I love being creative. What? It means, I think, especially now, what it means to me, I think what it meant before pre-pandemic was in some sense working to be better, creating to be a better creator rather than creating to bring value somewhere to people. So yeah, I really think it was, that was like the before, the before and after. The before was just creating because I thought, I had to, if that makes sense. Like I'm a, I'm a dancer, I'm an artist, we must create. Now, now the pandemic has made me think of what I could create for other people. Yeah, rather than like coming from like a, a me, a centered, like a selfish place, giving and creating work that could speak on a larger volume. I've always known I've wanted to be an artist, that, which is kind of cool that that's what 
that's what it was from, I think, how old was I? I was, I was 10 years old when I came to New York for the first time and I saw like a first show, my first show on Broadway. And I like told my mom, I was like, I'm moving here when I grow up. And then I did. <laughs> and so I, I've always loved storytelling. I'm also a choreographer and it all kind of goes hand in hand in creating. So I've always, I've always been doing it in that sense. So when I, thinking of the business, it's still another creation. And, you know, just you would create a dance. That's kind of how I've thought of creating a business. So I think, which is also why I think artists need to put more value on themselves because we, from our childhood, we, we've been creating so much that if you wanted to expand into other things while still doing your art, you have the potential to do that because you already use those exercises to think outside of the box or to improv and just, and just like go, 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 go. Not in the hustle way, but just creating new, new things. I think what's been really comforting now is I've been creating a lot of things for social media, which has been new-ish for me. I've always been active on social media, but I have been creating a lot of content now, which has been fun and keeping in mind that that content creation for social media is still creating, you know, even if you feel like I'm taking dance class or like I'm improving, I'm still creating something that's bringing value to other people. And if that's just like writing a caption, it's still creating, you know, you're still diving into your beliefs and questioning and, and, and bringing up things and sharing it with the community. And that's still in itself, some sort of performance, if you will. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought up social media. Cause that was something I wanted to talk about. And I think even what you're saying about like creating the business, I mean, people don't realize how creative being an entrepreneur and like being a content mm-hmm. creator really is because you know, it is, it's like instant art, you know, you're, you are writing something in a caption and then sharing that and people are receiving it. So again, bringing it back to like the value that you're bringing to other people. I love that. And I wanted to talk to you about your, how you think about social media. Cause again, you're someone who inspires me so much on social media because you're so vulnerable and you share so much. And so how have you found that for you? Like, did you, is that something you decided? Is that something that's intentional or does it kind of just happen? And that's what feels good to you to show up in that way. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I am. What's interesting is that I've always talked to like, I use Instagram stories a lot. That's, that's really how I talk to my community a lot besides the main feed posts. But what's interesting is that I've always talked to my stories and I've always used that tool a lot and I think when I when my Instagram started getting bigger over summer it just got like noticed more that I talked to that was the way that I communicated with people but what's funny is like I've I've always done that though and I think I have I'm thinking more now of like what valuable information because I do have a lot, most of my followers are dancers now and professional performers. So now it's, it's thinking more of like, well, what 
do they come to me for? What, what do people come to me for and what can I help give back? What can we talk about together? So that's kind of like the creative process behind things that I say on social media or things that I post now. It, it is more niche in the professional dancer, theater artist world. Like that is very clear that that is what I like to talk about and what I do talk about the most. Not that it's bad to like post random photos or whatever, but that's the way that I'm kind of rerouting my platform. Um, And I like that. And that's what makes me happy. I also started looking at social media when I created the business. I, because we're in a pandemic and I couldn't, you know, go to people and be like, come to my business. I had to figure out how to use social media to attract clients. And that's where I've gotten every single client has been through Instagram. Mm. So once I started figuring out that you can use Instagram to attract like-minded people, I decided to use that to my personal one. I always felt because I moved from the West Coast to the East Coast. And ever since being in New York, I didn't really have the connections that I wanted. And I was working 50 plus hours a week that I could never, you know, I had people messaging me being like, I never saw you in class or auditions before. And I'm like, yeah, well, I couldn't, I was working, you know, like I couldn't take seven classes a week and that, and that's why I don't stand in the front of whoever is blah, blah, blah. And I'm not assisting and whatever. So anyway, I always have this like self-conscious little bit of like not having those connections. So once I figured out that social media could be a tool for the business to find people, to find clients for Dance From Home, I then started applying that to my personal one, knowing that I wanted to speak to dancers and to theater professionals. And, and that's how it started growing and happening a lot more. And that's how I've been able to grow my platform a lot more, uh, being very, very specific in what I want to say. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, that's really good advice for everyone listening to about like, the, the more specific you can be, the easier it is for people to know what you do and, and who you are. I'm curious about like what a day in the life looks like for you. And second part of it is what kind of things do you do for self-care? Like what kind of rituals do you have for yourself, especially because you're showing up so publicly, sharing so much, creating so much content? What kind of things do you do for yourself? But first give us a little day in the life. What does it look like? (laughs) Day in the life. Well, I feel like my day in my life shifts every month because it really depends on what's happening. I have not figured out a perfect work-life balance yet. I'm also a considerably new entrepreneur. So if any entrepreneur figured it out in nine months, like good for them, but that's not... (laughs) you know, I'm constantly working. I guess before I moved to this new apartment, I kind of had a ritual of, I used to wake up at 4.30 a.m. and then I would go to the gym because the gym for me is just another, you know, I I couldn't get into dance class because I didn't feel good, but what felt good was going to the gym and lifting weights. And that was like, that was my personal time. And then I'd come back and work. But what it's kind of looking like now since we've moved is the only, the only real ritual that I always have is eating breakfast and eating eggs. And that's like, it's so silly, but that is something that happens every day. Um, so 
that happens and spending time with Parker happens, but I truthfully have been so busy with this challenge that I've launched. And when you're, I feel like when you're launching a few things, which I am bringing into December and into the new year with the business, there really isn't much time, especially because I don't have a team on the like admin or working side of things to really take a step back. And as silly as it sounds, taking a step away from dance from home is when I come onto my personal page and I just talk about dance. And that's like, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's kind of like a moment where I'm not thinking business things. I'm thinking of the creative dance Megan things and talking to other dancers. And, and so those have been kind of odd yeah ways to take care of myself but I do I really honestly and when you move like moving apartments it, it's like a shift of life you know you're still getting used to your surroundings and what's here and when I lived when we lived in Astoria I had my set routine I knew what train I was taking I'd get to the gym by this time so I think now that I've moved I'm still settling I, I don't feel settled so that's why I don't have any real routine yet but I think it's okay to like keep that honest is like, I don't, I don't have a routine yet. And, and I think people do need to know that I am working like 24 seven on, on the business right now. And that's okay because I know that will pay off, but I always make sure I eat. <laughs> so I guess eating yeah. is my personal time. I take a second for all my meals and I will, I will eat, um, and do that. But I think right now my brain is so focused on creating these and launching the few things that are coming up that it is really consuming. And I'm not, I haven't been to the gym right now because, you know, tying it back to that resistance, normally the gym is therapeutic for me and I don't have any negative thoughts towards it. But right now I have felt the pressure to go to the gym and like, it's become a way it's become like a thought of like, you need to go to the gym because you need to start getting strong again, or you're not seeing your muscles. And like, when I start thinking like that, I actually have to take a step away because I I won't return until it's for me and not for like the vanity of the way I need to look. So that, so that self-care moment is not there right now because it actually wouldn't be self-care it'd be (laughs) it would not be helpful yeah that's so important to recognize that difference in yourself and like notice when it is an act of self self self-care and when it's an act of like again that pressure so that's really important like that in itself like you said is an act of self-care of knowing that distinction I'm so curious how you get new ideas for the business like how do you know what to focus on? How, you know, where, where does your inspiration come from? Yeah, that's a good question because it's been hard because everyone that's doing what I'm doing right now was not doing it before. So there's not really an example of who, of a company, uh, or I guess I should say every fitness business is also transitioning online right now. No one really did it before. So except for like Obey Fitness, they were already kind of on that, but they're there from the get-go. They have a studio that they have. They have instructors going and teach anyway, but everyone else is still figuring it out. So what I found helpful 
is I follow a lot of like Instagram business accounts and I've kind of, and personal trainers. So, you know, you kind of see what works for them. And a lot of things that people like business coaches and and people in general are trying to sell their clients to sell are like high ticket items where you charge, I don't know, someone up front, like $2,000 for your services. And that's considered like the high ticket item. Well, I've never wanted to necessarily do a high ticket item like that, but I've been curious as like the practices and the way that they get those clients and how they do that and like build those programs, but on the scale, that's my business. So I've been following a lot of coaches that do high ticket items, but seeing what I like about it, what I don't like about it, and then doing it for me. And same thing with personal trainers. So following a lot of personal trainers, I truly didn't think I I would never do a challenge. Like, because the word fitness challenge to me means quick, fake results and weight loss. And so when I had the idea of doing a challenge because I'm launching something December 1st. I was like, okay, I want to like get the community involved some way before this launch. And I thought of a challenge and I just really wanted it to be anti-diet, anti-weight loss. It like, like, is it possible to do a challenge that doesn't make people feel bad about themselves or like pressured into working out? So that's what I wanted to try. And so I just did it. And I didn't like, you know, I just went to other Instagram pages of fitness professionals that have done challenges. And even it wasn't for their studio, it was more like individual clients. But I was like, well, I'm going to try this on a bigger studio brand level and then see how it goes. And what's really interesting is that I thought I would maybe have 30 people sign up for it. Like my OG dance from home people would do it. But I had in the beginning, I had 250 people sign up for it. Wow. And then I have a hundred people a day consistently doing every single challenge, which I was not prepared for. I, I now have learned and will create something <laughs> that's like, doesn't have me. That's why I don't have any rituals right now is because I'm constantly in my DMs and check-ins and, and doing all the things because I didn't plan it for a larger scale. But now that I know that it's possible and just the like great feedback from people saying this is the only fitness challenge that they have ever done that they like don't feel bad about or that they are excited to do every day. I'm like, this is great. This shows me that this is something that brings value. And that's something that there are people out there in the community that want that. So now I'm kind of like, well, how can, how can I continue to give that? Yeah. So that's kind of where that's all coming from. Yeah. I, again, I love that it circles back to like trying things and then you learn from it. And that's really the only way like that you, that you get better and that you know for next time. And so that's super important. Speaking of your community, can you please tell us the story about the boots? Because this story, oh my gosh, when you were posting about this story, I, I was like following along. I died because my, I grew up with a saying, my mom always says, ask and you shall receive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is the perfect example of asking and receiving. So before I give too much away, will you just tell us the whole story? Yes. So it was July 
of 2020. And every year, for those who don't know, Laduca Shoes is a very famous shoe, dance shoe, Broadway shoe. It's like the Broadway shoe out here in New York and, and everywhere, really. They do a once a year summer sale. And normally the summer sale is in person and people get there at 1am and stay outside because their shoes are really discounted. I mean, these are normally like $400, $300 shoes. So the summer sale is generally a big thing and they decided to do it virtually this year. And every summer sale, they make a select amount of shoes that honor a certain professional performer. So this year, one of the shoes that was created in honor of a performer is was for Robin Herter, who for those of you who don't know who Robin Herter is, go look her up right now. She is incredible, Tony nominated now, and has been a huge inspiration to me She is a dance legend now, even if she doesn't know it, but she is one of the greats, like she is. So they made a shoe. They made a shoe after her. It's called the Nini Boot. And when I saw that shoe, LaDuca posted it online, I was like, I need that shoe. It is. uh, And for those who also don't know, the LaDuca boot, the boots that they make are like insane so good to dance in, so supportive. They're the best shoe I've ever danced in. And to say that, like wearing a three inch heel, that's, that's quite remarkable. So they made hers. It was beautiful. It was sleek. It was everything. And it was also $450. (laughs) So I was like, Oh, can't afford that. So I jokingly posted on my Instagram and I was like, if, 375 people of you Venmo me $1. I'm going to be able to afford these stunning shoes. And I did this thing. I was like, these are made from like Robin Herder. I still have the whole highlight saved on my Instagram highlights. And it really was a joke. I was like, I'll probably get 20 bucks. But then two hours later, I had enough money in my Venmo to pay for the shoes. And I was like, what? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I, I already, I had had a great connection with my community on Instagram already, which also shows you don't have to have a million followers to be connected to your community. At the time, I think I had 1700 followers, but I had enough donations within two hours to pay for these shoes. And what was happening is that I kept getting more donations, like more Venmo notifications. And then I had more than enough money to pay for shoes. So as those were coming in, I was like, wow, what if I did a giveaway? Because I have enough money to get the shoes that I have. What if I do a giveaway for, and and I can gift someone else shoes. So I decided that's what I wanted to do. And I made a post, an Instagram post about it, that I was doing it. And apparently no one had ever thought of doing that before. And so it just kind of exploded. And I had, again, like 300 people enter the giveaway. People kept donating and donating. And near the end, I had about $3,000. And I was able to buy in total five pairs of shoes. I did this huge giveaway and I made it really short because the sale was going to end. And I I posted on Saturday morning that I was going to do a giveaway. And it was funny because it was, I was going to the beach with some friends and I posted Saturday morning and I wasn't going to have any service until I got home later. And I was like, I'll probably like 
25 entries and I got home later and it was already like 150 and I was like, ah, I've never done a giveaway and plan on like, I don't know how those work now I do, but that started happening and I was going to go live the following Monday to announce the winners. So as money kept coming in, I kept informing my community, like what was happening and you know, all these exciting things. And while I was getting money, Robin had Venmoed me as well. She sent me money to buy shoes. I should have mentioned that earlier. Robin sent me money to buy my pair of shoes before I started getting more money to like buy others. So I was like, what? So this is all happening. I knew I was going to go live to announce the winners on Monday. And I was so nervous, but I was like, what if I asked Robin because it's her shoe that I'm giving away and like a couple others, like, what if I asked her if she would go live with me? So I just DM'd her, I messaged her and I, (laughs) I won't even look at the message. I was probably like, you're such an inspiration, which I mean, she is, so, but I messaged her and asked her if she would go live with me to announce the winners. And because she's incredible, of course she said yes. And yeah, that, that day happened and it was just so cool. She, you know, let her community know that she was going live with me and what I was doing with the giveaway. And later that night we went live for like 30 minutes. We had the most people I'd ever seen it. We had like 250 people watching that live and it was so cool. And I was then on Instagram having a drink with my idol, giving away shoes. And it was just the coolest thing ever. It's the coolest thing that's happened to me this entire year. And I started a business and that was the coolest thing that's happened to me. (laughs) It's because of the business too, you know, and like you creating that community and who knew that in 2020 that would happen. Like, it's just amazing. It's so amazing. (laughs) And that's the Laduca story. And it's been really cool because a lot of, a good amount of people after have done Laduca giveaways now. And I'm planning on making this a yearly thing. So I can't even imagine what it's going to look like next year. So I'll have to plan a lot. I love this story. It's so magical and just speaks to, I I guess, yeah, again, about like the community that you've created. And, And I love what you said about like, you don't need thousands of followers to have a connection to your community. I mean, you just need people that are connected to you and look at how that grows and how that all stems from that. So we're going to get wrapped up with one more final question. I love to share creative resources with people. So I'm curious about maybe, and I, you're so busy. I feel like maybe you don't have time to, to like look at other people's content, but are there any books, podcasts, people to follow on Instagram, stuff that is inspiring to you that, you want to share with the listeners? Yeah. As far as Instagram, someone that really spoke to me as far as like content creation, who I think is a great resource, her handle, her name is Jara. Her handle is Jara.bean. And I've been following her since I kind of started my business and just her approach to social media is really cool. And I really like it. Um, So she inspires me on how to post and um, thinking of like bringing value to people. The other, the other business coach, I don't always, I guess, agree in all of the philosophies because I'm not trying to do high ticket items, but I find like valuable information is Jess Glazer, who I follow on Instagram. 
And then YouTube is another resource. One is Vanessa Lau, um, L-A-U. And then Catherine Manning is another one that I follow. So those are a few people that I like constantly, like consistently watch. Obviously from the beginning, Robin was always like a very open person on social media and like just keeps it real. And I like people that do that. So I feel like she's also an inspiration of in the performing world of someone that's like totally themselves online and offline while still being private. Like, you know, it's not like I let everyone know everything that's going on in my life, but I will let you in. I think she's a good example of that too. Oh, awesome. Yeah. I love those. We'll put those in the show notes and it's always cool to see the people that inspire me, who inspires them because then that's like the step up. And so I'll definitely check those out. And lastly, where can people find you if they want to know more about dance from home or follow your awesome Instagram? Everyone should follow her on Instagram, but just saying. (laughs) Yes, you can find me. My Instagram handle is at Megan Bowen underscore dance from home is the same it's just at dance from home underscore and then of course dance from home has a website www.dancebymeganbowen.com hopefully one day i'll be able to buy the actual url off of someone (laughs) someone else already owns it but (laughs) i wonder i'll be able to buy it off of them but yeah those are the main i'm mostly active on instagram Mm -hmm. well thank you so much megan you're amazing hey thank you so much for having me and talking with me I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Creative Soul Podcast, and thank you so much for listening. If you liked this podcast, please feel free to send it to a friend and tell them what inspired you, or feel free to connect with me over on Instagram at the underscore modern mermaid with your thoughts. And if you would be so kind to rate and review the podcast, I would love to gift you my guided writing meditation that will help you connect deeper to yourself, your creativity, and your spirituality. Just take a screenshot of the review and send it my way at the underscore modern mermaid and I will send over the meditation. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul. 